music. I'm reading a story from 2 Samuel, and about a month ago, about a month ago, I opened a can of worms on this story, and I made this statement that I'm extracting a couple of paragraphs out of this sermon for tonight when I talked about a man named Shimei. Anybody remember my reference to that a month ago? Well, that's where we're going to go tonight in 2 Samuel 16. We have those scriptures, folks? All right. Thank you so much. And the Bible said, when King David came to Bahurim, Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei. He was the son of Gerah. He came forth and cursed still as he came. Verse 6, and he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David. I know you're aware of this, but in the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the laws of God, at least twice and probably three times, if you, if you allow that an explanation to go along with it, God commands men to never speak evil of those over you. And the penalty for doing that was stoning. Now he's casting stones at David, this Shimei is, and at all David's men. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, come out, come out, bloody man, thou man of Belial, the Lord hath returned upon thee. Here's Shimei talking to David. All the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead you have reigned, and the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. And behold, you are taken in mischief, your mischief, because you're a bloody man. Then said Abishai, the son of Zariah. I do recall also Brother Mulliken talking about a brother in his church that is a, is a machine to defend his pastor's office door. I know that brother quite well, and I appreciate it. I, I wouldn't change him for nothing. I like it. He's a good guy, but if you want to, anyway, this is Abishai that I'm thinking about here. And Abishai, the son of Zariah, to the king, he said this, why should this dead dog, curse my lord the king, let me go over and I pray you and take off his head. And the king said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said unto him, curse David, who shall then say, wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and all his servants, behold, my son, which came forth out of my own bow, my bow seeks my life, talking about Absalom. How much more now may this Benjamite, Shimei, do it? Let him alone. Let him curse. Look at these words right here. For the Lord has been him. I have tried all this last month to get my mind wrapped around that statement. Because leave him alone. The Lord has bidden him to curse me. Where's the popsicles tonight, Pastor Harry? 
It may be, David says, that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will requit me or pay me back good for his cursing this day. One more verse, verse 13. And as David and his men went by the way, his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him. And dust, dirt, mud. <laughs> I'm going to talk for a few minutes tonight. Whatever the Lord wants that to be, put your rocks down. He picked up rocks. He picked up mud and dust and dirt. Started calling David everything that we wouldn't even want to repeat. Abishai says, that needs to stop. Let me do it. He's breaking the very commandments of God. David said, there's something going on here deeper than you and I. Put your rocks down. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your loving kindness that's better than life, your trusting care, your helping hand, your guiding power, your precious word. We love you, Lord, and ask you for your blessing tonight upon us. Guide our steps and keep us, Lord, along the way. We'll give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Look at somebody before you're seated and say, put your rocks down. Here goes a couple of silly questions for you that ever, I already know the answer to. You ever felt like you were in one of those tunnels in your life where everybody, even your best of friends, was against you? If you've ever known that, say amen tonight. Hmm, very few. Have you ever felt like nobody, or at least nobody you want to, cares about you? Can I enter an amen? Have you ever felt like if you could just explain yourself, people might feel differently about you than they do? Can I hear an amen? Well, here's the man, a man after God's own heart in that very place, and it's not a foreign place to him. He's been there before. In fact, the writer of Psalm 142 verse 4 said, Refuge has failed me, and no man cared for my soul. He knows the feelings. He understands the sentiment. He knows what it means to be depressed and lonely and left to get by on his own. If you're one of these kind of information gatherers, there are 18 different men in your Bible named Shimei. 18. This particular one tonight we're talking about was related to Saul, who hated David, was jealous of David's inspiration, revelation, and information, and knew that David, through integrity, would inherit the throne, so Saul hated him. And if blood is thicker than water, and it is, then there's a good chance there's going to be this organic rivalry automatically between Shimei and David. Because Shimei is related to Saul, and Saul is jealous of David. So when they must have conversed, I'm sure there was a thickness in the environment, a sharpness in the conversation. And regardless of David's side of the story, Regardless of David's telling his side of the story, Shimei is going to be against David before a word is ever spoken 
because Shimei is related to Saul and Shimei is combative too. If David said, let's all do this, Shimei said, why? He was just combative in his nature. Questioned everything the authority asked of him. That's Shimei. I mean Herod and Pilate. The Bible said in Luke 23, Herod and Pilate had nothing to do with each other until they had a common enemy. When they had Jesus to shoot at, suddenly their minds came together. I didn't say a common friend. I said a common enemy. Shimei knows there is a rift between David and Absalom. There is tightness. There's an edge between David and his son Absalom. And Shimei automatically takes up the side of David's son Absalom. Shimei doesn't care about Absalom. He just wants to get at David. So anything against the man of God, anything against David, the man after God's own heart, Shimei cast his lot in that ditch. Thank God for men of integrity. David takes the high road. David pledges personal integrity. David holds his tongue. I do not know how, under all of this accusation and pressure of life, David could stand there and just let it flow. Listen to what Psalm 39.1 says. He said, I will keep my mouth, meaning I will control what I allowed I, to be said. While, like a bridle, like I have a bridle in it, while the wicked is before me. Now that's easy to say. That's easy to say, oh no, you, you, can't, get to, you can't get to Brother Eugene. He's, he's chill, he's easy going. But it's another thing when all hell is coming against you. And you feel like you need to explain yourself because everybody's taking the wrong road. It's easy to say you can handle it until Shimei joins forces with Absalom. And Absalom is at the gate of Jerusalem talking to everybody that comes in. You don't need to go get David's advice. Here, come over here. I'll counsel you. I'll be a better friend. I'm younger than David. I understand what young people need. Let, let me tell you something, people that are always shooting at the older generation. You forget one thing if you, if you easily shoot at older people. They've been where you at, you, you are, you have never been where they are. I'm going to say it again. I'll try not to mess it up. One thing about the older generation to anybody in here. They've been where you are, but you've never been where they're at. Difficult to do. Absalom has slandered his father's name. He's conniving and underhanded. He is the epitome of rebellion. That's David's boy. And David, like any father, still loves his son. Check these two extremes out, Brother DJ. 
You've got a dad here who just wants peace in his home. And you've got a rebellious, conniving, manipulative, underhanded Absalom doing everything he can to topple his father's administration. You hear what I just said? It's no wonder David cried these words in Psalm 27.10, when my father and my mother forsake me. He's saying when the people that should love me, when nobody else loves me. He said, I know who will take care of me. When people the closest to me don't understand and don't want to understand, he said, I'm still leaning on my precious heavenly father, my shepherd and bishop of my soul. The Lord will take me up. But imagine this, and I'm not embellishing the text. I'm telling you it's in the Bible. Imagine this scene. Here's Shimei playing Absalom's hatred against David for his own good. He's sitting on the sidelines of the game, and he sees David and Absalom out on the field fighting one another. And he's over here sending little stratagems into to Absalom's side. Again, he doesn't care that Absalom hoists the victor's trophy. He just wants to take David down. He's manipulating Absalom like chess pieces on the board. All in hopes of taking David down. He said in our text, Oh, hey, David. Oh, you've done wrongs coming back on you now. He's referring to the fact that he ran for nine years from Saul's spear. That God established David as king. He's saying it was all you. God wasn't behind it. You took it wrongfully. He said, David... Getting what you'd earned now. You're getting paid back what you earned. You're getting payday now, boy. He said, man of Belial, you want to talk about blasphemy? That's blasphemy right there. He's a man after God's own heart, and he's calling exactly the opposite. I used to hang around certain people in my life years ago. And I say that B.C. and A.D. <laughs> and it took me a while, Brother Rick. I'm not the fastest picker upper on things. I've told you before, I'll pull up behind a car in the traffic at the signal or something, and they've got these personalized vanity plates. I'll stare at them forever and not figure out what that is. I just can't get it. You're trying to hint me something, you, you may as well just tell me. I don't get hint very well. I can't pick it up. I used to hang around with certain people until eventually I figured out they're just trying to draw out of me stuff that's negative and bad. They're trying to get me in conversations about other people or about bad things or they're trying to get me down a dark road. Hey, I don't need friends like that. Nobody needs friends. I don't, I don't care if they're in the church. I don't care if they say they have my back. 
or out of the church. It just takes me a while to catch on. But once I catch on, every time I'm around you, I'm in an arguing, combative mood eventually. Oh, hey, I figure that out sooner or later. You might be playing me like a chess piece on the board of life. Let's see if we can get Pastor riled up tonight. Man of Belial, you're getting what's coming to you now. Bad enough, Brother Trace, that David had to run from Saul for nine years, but now he's running from his extended family. Now his family's after him, too. Now this connection to Saul is standing out there. David could easily wipe him out, but he's got this public issue to deal with now. He's not only dealing with Saul's memory, he's dealing with Saul's family. Which leads me all the way back around to my text. You've got an angry, unforgiving man named Shimei. Do you know in your Bible that anger is mentioned exactly 400 times? Angry. You can be angry and sin not, Paul said. Right? There's, there's, a, there's a righteous indignation that, that rises up within us when people try to desecrate holy things or blame God for bad stuff. Brother Colin, I'm addressing something personal here with you, but, but you'll, you'll, you'll know what it means, not with you personally, but a, a statement you made to me recently. And I, I, it's something I've said many, many times before. Let somebody in the church mess up. They all expect the pastor to bend over backwards and be merciful to, to them. Let one thing, let one thing be mistaken in the pastor's, from the pastor's side of the desk. They quit church. They blame all kind of, they, they lay all kind of accusations out there. They assume things without even trying to get an explanation. They want me to be merciful with them. You know what I'm talking about. Here he's dealing with all this mudslinging that Shimei is doing. David's like, at least I can picture if I were David, forgive me, Lord, not that I'm even close, I would be like, I, I just want to explain myself right here. It's easy to form an opinion if you only know one side of the story. Anger is mentioned 400 times in the Bible. Has anybody ever figured out yet, and I know you have, I, I'm, not, I'm not humoring you. I believe this, that most of you are much quicker than I am in figuring these things out. But has anybody figured out that the devil knows exactly what buttons to push? That he knows who to use? That he makes sure you see just the right thing? You're having a good morning, Brother Trace, a good afternoon, a good evening, a good night, whatever. And I, at least with me, that person... That spirit, that attitude, that subject, he knows exactly what stones to start throwing at me. And I'm sitting there before long, worked all up into a frenzy. 400 times it's mentioned, anger. I really wish I was chill like some of you guys. Some of you just let things flow. And I'm not, I'm not 
trying to be sarcastic. Some of you really are. It's a good, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But by the grace of God, we are what we are. And I have figured it out eventually. When it comes to anger, Satan knows the patterns in Ron Herring's life. Who to use, what buttons to push, what lying rumors to stir up. He makes sure I see the very thing that just sets me off. Is this too transparent for you folks tonight? I, Ain't no collar around me. I'm, I'm human as you are, right? So how, how, how do we overcome anger? I mean, are we just destined to be played like a puppet by the will of the enemy because, because there are things he can do? He can manipulate my, my day. He can put someone in my path that just, it takes me out of a joyful moment, Brother Trace. Makes me angry. By the time I got from the tree stand Monday evening, back to my cabin, that's 1.7 miles. Got stuck four times. Fourth time, Brother David, took me an hour to get up that hill. I'm like, what the fuck? What the Am I, am I destined? Am I destined to just be emotionally distraught every time something doesn't go perfect in my life? I'm not, I'm, I'm asking you tonight. I offer you this one thing that I do know. There are numerous answers to this question, the question I just pinned, posed, but I have one answer that I know for sure works. Anybody care about my answer tonight? Counseling, good. Advice, wonderful. Uh, personal convictions develop a, a, a life of sacrifice, wonderful. Here's the only thing I have found yet that truly, truly, truly works. I'm employing it every day. I'm trying to get better at it all the time. But specific prayer I've found will bring specific answers. And all I've been doing... All I've been doing is saying something like this, God, forgive me for being angry. I know it's not your will. I know it's not your purpose. I know it's not your desire. Forgive me for any part I play in becoming angry. I'm not done. I pray and, forget and, pray and repent. Forgive me. And I pray these words, Lord, help me to set my anger down just like I choose not to throw this rock. I'm going to set the rock down. I'm going to set my unforgiveness down. I'm going to set my anger down. I really do have that much control over it. And I've been praying these words with it. Lord, would you remind me before I get there, would you remind me of the signs that come that lead me to an outburst? 
Hey, I'm just telling you a specific prayer that God has inspired me. Would you help me? Forgive me for being angry. Help me to set these things down before I have to deal with rage. Help me to head off the signs that are coming that grow into an out-of-control temperament. James said it this way. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. He's telling Ron Harry, this is what you can do, son. This is what you can do. Don't be so quick to respond with your mouth. Take your time. Think about it. Pray a little longer. Take a walk around the room. Slow to wrath or anger, verse 20. Because the wrath of man, the anger of man, does not work the righteousness of God. In fact, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9, anger rests. It means it abides. It lives in the bosom of fools. And Shimei catches wind of David coming through the neighborhood. Shimei hears the local scuttlebutt. David's coming this way. The man I love to hate's coming to town. Stoning, as I said, was an Old Testament form of judgment for sin. In Joshua 7, they stoned Achan. Remember that? In John 8, they wanted to stone the adulterous woman. Remember that? They said, in the law, it says, and they were true, they were accurate. In Acts 7, they did stone Stephen. In John 10, they were going to stone Jesus. So David's right-hand man says, this is foolishness. This nobody standing out here slandering my king, slandering my shepherd, bad-mouthing David. Abishai says, listen, this is what I do for a living. You be the king, let me handle everything that comes against you. Let me just go out there and fix this boy. Kind of got a feeling, Brother Tostin. He wasn't playing Monopoly. If David would have said, yeah, just don't bother me about it. Take care of it. They'd have had a funeral that afternoon. David's right-hand man says, let's put a stop to this. And I... I Pretty sure I put on there in the Amplified, but not the classic Amplified, right, Brother Scott? Is that that? Okay. 2 Samuel 16, 11. We just read it, but we're going to ch- jump out of that translation and read this verse again. So David said to Abishai and to all of his servants, Behold, my son, who was born unto me, seeks my life. Talking about Absalom. With how much more reason now may this Benjamite, meaning Shimei, do it? He's after my life just like my son is. Let him alone. Let him curse. The Lord has bidden him to do it. I can't figure that out. 
Call this shallow, call this naive, call it what you'd like. But according to David's response to it, he's obviously trying to make some kind of sense out of what's going on in his life right now. This man doesn't even know the other side of the story. Shimei doesn't even know my side of the story. All he's done is run his big mouth about what he thinks David did wrong against Saul. It's easy to run our mouth when we don't have anybody to give account to in life, you know. It's easy to say, did you know this about Pastor Harry, when you don't give me a fair shot to, to, to respond. And you may not be personally slinging stones, but emotionally you are. Someone's going to be taken down in the congregation. Some, some sheep's going to be offended and diseased and their growth stunted if you give ear to such things like that. Hence his remark from the English Revised Version, verse 12. David says, we, we, we don't want to do that. There's something deeper going on here with Shimei cursing and throwing rocks and challenging me. And Abishai, let's just, let's just step back a minute and make a good rational decision here. Not sure what's going on, but let me get my mind wrapped around it before we make a decision. And he says, verse 12, it could be, it might be that the Lord will see the wrong things that are happening to me. Now he just said God had bit him. Now he's saying, it might be that the Lord, notice he starts that maybe, there's a chance, here's the possibility, that God will look at this that I'm completely bewildered about. I don't know why Shimei is shooting me down. He doesn't know what's right. He's making a bad decision and joining sides with my enemy. He has no reason. If he knew the side of the story I live on, And he says, I'm just going to depend on something I hope. Maybe the Lord, maybe, just maybe, will see the wrong things that are happening because in my eyes, what he's doing is wrong. Maybe the Lord will see the wrong things that are happening to me and give me something good for every bad thing that Shimei says today. I know David didn't use these words, but I believe David had this spirit in his heart that all things, Romans 8, 28, work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according He's just saying, hey, let's just let this thing play out. And I believe God is going to keep perfect score. And God will repay me for all. Here's the thing that most people will not like or probably won't agree with. I believe God allowed this in David's life not to hurt him but to reveal in him a level of personal integrity. 
maybe to reveal to Abishai that level of integrity in his leader. Maybe just to prove to Shimei, David's not all about payback. So, when Paul said all things work together for good, he didn't, he wasn't thinking about bonuses and raises and long vacations and, and this, he was talking about junk in life. All the junk that we pull our hair out over. All the junk that we wonder, why isn't somebody wanting my side of the story? It all works for good, though, if you love the Lord. And every good and perfect gift, James said, is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. All good comes from God, brother and sister. Let me just summarize, and I mean that. We are blessed tonight. We're not blessed because of what we possess. You're not blessed because you have three cars and I have two cars. You're not more blessed because you have a 2,000 square foot home and I have a 1,500 square foot. That's not, that's not what the blessing of the Bible refers to more often than not. Thank God for things that God gives us. We should be good stewards over them. But we're blessed tonight, Brother Carlos, whether we live in a homeless shelter or in a mansion on the hilltop because of who he is in our life, not because of what we own. Not because of possessions. We're blessed because of who he is and how he's keeping perfect score on our life. And I believe that I believe that I believe everything ever done wrong against you, every accusation leveled, every lie ever, ever told, every misrepresentation of truth about you, your ministry, your life, your family, your home, I believe it as sure as I'm standing here tonight. There comes a point when God will take care of it. And David said, I don't want to put my hand to him. Let's just let this play out. And listen, my good friend and brother tonight, sister tonight, when people tell lies about you, and they will, God knows the truth. God knows the truth. I, I said, put your rocks down. Put your rocks down. Quit trying to get even with that person you think burned you in life. Sad thing about that story is Shimei actually thought he was doing right. He was defending the family honor. Put the rocks down. Let's, let's let something go tonight. Let's turn the page. Let's move on. Put your rocks down. The beauty of it all, and I don't have time to go there. This is going to be for part two of this message, though. It's three chapters down the road in 2 Samuel 19. You see a totally different Shimei. Now David's coming across the river on a ferry, 
And Shimei meets him on his face. Forgive me. Forgive me. I did you wrong. You didn't deserve that. Maybe God, maybe God allowed chapter 1 so that all of Israel could see chapter 2. Now, now you got Shimei saying, all I know, David, is you're a man after God's own heart, and I've wronged you. I've wronged you. Then if you go over to 2 Kings 1, and I, and I will next month, Lord willing. When Solomon takes the steering wheel from David over Israel, David brings the subject up again. And David's got a little bit of different twist. He adds a little more to the story. I recall exactly what the boy did to me that day in the desert. Every rock he threw, every accusation, every lie he told, I remember it all. And he tells Solomon to mark him. Here's my personal commentary. I don't think the man reconciled. He just apologized. He didn't make it right. He just saw he had been backed into a corner and had nowhere to go. He couldn't take David's life now, so he meets him begging for mercy. And David puts conditions on him, and then Solomon marks this man. And once an alley cat, always an alley cat. And I think, this is my commentary, Brother Rob, I think that David was saying he never reconciled. He just got the heat off his own back. Watch him. He's a preacher killer. He's an authority hater. He bucks everything the pastor says. He argues with everything the boss says. And David says to Solomon, there he is. Now he's in your hands. And you know how that ends up. He's not, he's not a good boy very long at all. He just can't handle the constraints that Solomon places on him. And he gets out. He wrote his own story's ending. I'm just glad that day David told those men, put your rocks down. We don't need to deal with this. God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of it. And Brother Trace, I don't know how much I want to say sometimes. I want to say a lot, but I won't. But just recently, God gave me peace about something in my life, Brother Carlos, that I've needed for a while. And I didn't have to get up and tell anybody why I needed peace. I didn't have to tell my best friends how I'd been misrepresented. I was just out there in the snow two Mondays back, snowshoeing out to my stuck snowmobile. And I fell over in my snowshoes, and I was in waist-high snow, and I, usually I just say, you know, something not very nice. I just lay there in the snow, and I just, I just felt, not, I wasn't crying for pity, but I just felt a, a, a crying thing come on me. 
I wasn't crying because I was hurting or crying because I felt sorry. I was praying. I just was instantly in that spirit. And I'm telling you from a foot tall, I just felt peace, real peace come all over me that nothing else needs to be said, addressed, or done. And you might be assuming you know tonight. You don't know nothing because I haven't said one word to a single soul. Not a single soul. But I just know this. If I'll just be patient, God's going to take care of everything. Sometimes I need to be adjusted and it might take time. Sometimes God needs me to get out of the way so he can adjust something over here. Abishai doesn't have to do your dirty work. God's got everything in perfect control tonight. Put your rocks down! Well, we fight our own battles in the Smith family, the Jones family, the Johnson family. I don't think we have any of those here, but you don't need to fight this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your mercy tonight, for your loving kindness that's better than life, the strength of the gospel, the joy of the Lord, peace that passes all understanding. I'm so thankful, God, tonight because you are in total control. You're in charge, God, and I don't need, I don't need to take over. I don't need to stand for this or stand for that. You, God, are good. You, God, are worthy. You, God, are merciful. You, God, let's, let's not have any music tonight. How's that sound? Thank you. Thank you for offering, though. Thank you for offering. Play. Hallelujah. Jesus, I love you. Sounded like I was being harsh tonight, but I was trying to comfort somebody that God's in control. We don't need to do anything. Too often I've not, thrown, not put my rocks down, though, and I've made a bad situation worse. Thank you for your goodness tonight. I, I'm going to pray that prayer again, and maybe you'll hitch on with me. Maybe you'll join in with me in praying that for yourself or someone in your family. Lord, forgive me for my anger in my life, whether it's large or little, whether it's known or unknown, whether it's occasionally or frequently. Forgive me for anger in my life, Lord. Would you give me strength, God, to put my anger down when it's trying to rise up? Set it down like I'm setting a rock or a tool or an instrument down. Lord God, physically make up my mind. Lord, that I'm not going to keep it in my hand. I'm not going to keep it alive. I'm going to set it down intentionally. Forgive me, Lord, and help me to set it down. I'm asking you, God, to remind me of the signs. Remind me of the little symptoms of my life, God that try to stir up rage within me. Remind me of the little things, God, that the enemy is doing routinely. Remind me, God. Show me before I cross that road, God, and help me to ward those signs off. Drive those symptoms away by praising your name, Lord. By praising your name, by praising your name, by praising your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.